0: Hello and welcome to Musicale Pathways, the podcast which focuses on the different pathways musicians take in order to reach their musical goals. Today we're going to be talking to another teacher here at Musicale, so you can get to know us all a little bit better. Our guest today is a composer, producer and sound designer supreme. He's had a career in the DJ business, as well as writing songs for adverts and TV, and also being a lecturer for the past 16 years. Today, we have our head of band labs and many other courses in production, Mr. Cy Gordon. How's it going, Cy? Hi,
1: Gary. very well. You?
0: Yeah, very good. Very good. So, as I said at the top, we are going to have a look at the ways in which you've become the musician you are today. You've developed your skills and how basically you've re- reached your goals of becoming a professional in the musician world, which isn't the easiest thing in the world. Um, but we're going to start all the way back in the beginning way before you even maybe even thought of music being a thing in your life um we're gonna have a look at your early years so how was how was music around you when you were young was there were there people that played or um in my uh, nobody in my
1: family played instruments oh interesting Um, did they listen to a lot of music yeah that was uh, my, my probably my biggest influence was my my grandparents from my mum's side, um, right. they were very very heavily into their classical music, and they would always have classical music on in their house. They had an expensive turntable and a, an expensive sound system in a dedicated room where they would have oh, an, really? an afternoon tipple and sit and listen to you know the final that's, final collection. Yeah, it was very um, yeah. That's
0: pretty serious, isn't it? it was, that's yeah. that's taken it to the extreme. Yeah, they
1: were they were yeah. You know, um, very, very astute with yeah a lot of that that yeah the way they they took it, and then my mum, um she was uh, heavily into a lot of rock and roll actually, and yeah, oh, really? massive Elvis fan and yeah, oh, and, yeah. And, and others, um, um and um my yeah and that's kind of really really kind of what I grew up around as a youngster. Um and I,
0: Elvis all the time.
1: Well, yeah, but you know I, I also <laughs> I'm also a child of like the i suppose the late 70s you know and then uh, and then the 80s as a as a kind of teenager yeah so i was you know i i was kind of soaking up a lot of changes in music coming from you know the, the late 70s into the early 80s and yeah was uh,
0: quite a vast vast change in genres in that period wasn't it massively you know, and, yeah
1: because it was all very much you know live music based up until that point yeah. and, you know and then the early 80s you know we, we started to see the introduction of a lot of electronic you know instruments so I I'd,
0: guess it was a time where there was a lot of invention happening in the 80s yeah. as well you know there's a real push for the future and technology and i guess that just crept its way into music at the time
1: and that's it and technology and there's 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 the key words that's kind yeah, of I what know. what got me you know that's all i i see myself as more of a, a technologist than rather than a, a you know a musician should we say you know yeah. um because that's 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 and that's where i got the bug you know for for technology in the early days um, yeah yeah um you know and then i kind of got I started listening to a lot of early 80s music and the 80s was just fantastic for music for me I, It's yeah. quite
0: it's quite vastly different what was going on in all the different sectors of the yeah, 80s though, wasn't yeah, it? I, what, what part caught you most or were you like into that hair metal rock thing? I'm guessing not, I'm guessing you were probably more on that like that disco synth like pop kind of synth vibe synth yeah, yeah,
1: yeah yeah, absolutely just kind of very much synth pop and, uh, in the early 80s and um, and then k- towards kind of the uh, uh, mid 80s i started skateboarding um and was i was, oh, I was yeah. a massive yeah yeah i just every day you know lived and breathed skateboarding just out of school straight into skateboarding and yeah really? I was the same and, and, I was the same
0: even though I live in a coastal village filled with surfers yeah I was always skateboarding that, that, so. <laughs> that's me I kind of I tried, yeah. tried a
1: bit of surfing but it was just too bloody cold, you know <laughs> yeah 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 And, and <laughs> uh, yeah it just didn't work out for me I didn't didn't like that I kind of liked the yeah, um, that whole side of it but the music you know through skateboarding I kind of you know listened to a lot of other genres of music and I actually really started to enjoy a lot of punk and um and then i had the introductions to hip-hop around that time as well which yeah you know those two I mean, music were... genres i listened to for many many years you know into the yeah into the to the late 80s yeah yeah
0: because because the 80s and the 90s were massive for hip-hop obviously like hip-hop became a mainstream genre at that time didn't it you Absolutely. know it went from being something that was going on in the background to you know some more pushed forward things yeah is it that run DMC one's a massive one where they, they crossed over with um, yeah, Walk This Way. Who yeah. do they play with? Oh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but,
1: um, who's who's the pound? I've forgotten the band. Oh, now. I can't yeah, think, no. well, I've, but, I've, but that but that
0: track band. like kind of exploded hip hop yeah. into people who would have never heard it, you know, those rock guys who would have never seen a hip hop act necessarily, yeah, just. It became mainstream after that, to them. Yeah, hip hop did.
1: I, I I think I always kind of looked for not the mainstream, you know, both in kind of you know punk and uh, you know I used to listen to like you know punk wise Peter and the Test Tube Babies and the Dead Dead Kennedys, you know, and uh, you know and and artists like that. And hip hop wise, I kind of Bam Parish and. Uh, other, oh, right, okay. other, other artists you kind of wouldn't you you wouldn't associate it with commercial hip hop, you know. And BDP was a really big thing for me as well at the time, you know. Um, yeah, Down Productions. So, yeah. Uh, How I, did
0: you find a lot of those artists? Like, were you were you finding them through friends or through through
1: friends? We used to get a lot of cassettes, you know, around that time. You know, with you know, and a lot of friends were. I I certainly started buying a lot of music in the eighties records as you can see in the yeah, background I can, tell, I can <laughs> see behind you yeah
0: um, I, I I had a feeling that was the the case since there's so many records behind you yeah you must have started
1: early yeah a whole wall of records yeah and and, <laughs> and and some that can't even fit in here so yeah um did you did you start playing a uh, instrument At I started. what point did you start that I start I started to play a bit of guitar actually but I kind of yeah, I, yeah. I kind of I haven't really ever really focused properly on an instrument because right okay the late, the late eighties. Yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time skateboarding, and a, a lot of time listening to music. I started going out, and you know, around that time as well, I started going to like because we're kind of talking 1987-88 You know, a, a lot of music changed again there. You know, I started to see the, the acid, acid house kind of. The, there was oh, hip hop yeah, yeah. and house, and it kind of all started to break around that time, and I started to kind of right, get. Okay. A, a vibe on house music and and i quite like the hip house stuff and then that led me into the into house music and i'd come of i was a teenager then and then started going out and uh, a bit and enjoying kind of yeah, the yeah. early rave day should we say and <laughs> um and and then i started and then and then i got introduced to djing just just around a, a friend's house i was collecting a lot of records and and, you know, he had a, a set of turntables at one of my friends and we were, we were just having a drink one night and just thought, oh, give me a go at that, let's have a little go. And I actually, I think within half an hour, I'd, I'd, I'd done a mix, you know, and I'd managed to <laughs> kind of beat match and learn how to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, So you
0: said you, you said you didn't learn an instrument, but I would always class... Turntables, yeah. At, well, as that's, an uh, that's
1: a kind of question, I, yes. Uh, I know, yeah. It's a uh, there's a lot of argument there, isn't
0: there? Yeah, you can't like, um, you've got to practice to be proficient at it, absolutely. And and ultimately, you're still making music with it, yeah. So, in my head, you know, that that is an instrument, yeah. You know, it's the same with singing, like, some singers don't class themselves as being instrumentalists, and it's like, well, no, you've had to. Train that vocal chord, and right. you play it as if it was an instrument. Yeah. So, you you did learn an instrument. It's yeah. just some people would clap it, class it, otherwise I, th- I
1: think I think when you know when the, the whole DJ culture thing kicked off, I I, I think like you know a lot of the music community shunned it, and and but then yeah. Um, it grew into something that was then respected because you know that the, there was a lot of technology being used alongside it, and you could be quite creative. And actually, now it's more, much more so. You can be a lot more creative with DJing nowadays with the tools at your disposal. Yeah, live, yeah. but but I think I think I I also think that you know DJ culture has kind of got a little bit too mainstream shall we say of late you know of recent years and kind of everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and uh, (laughs) um it's yeah and it's become a little bit too easy Um, yeah yeah um, yeah. okay you know um so but i uh, yeah, i think
0: that's why the guys who are really good at it and have put in the time and have learned all the extra layers of it it's why they've got so many famous and big songs you know there's some like real powerhouse guys who are really well known and there's lots of guys who do it as well and girls obviously, but they, they, because they don't take that extra step, they never get that recognition as yeah. like the big guy, you know, yeah. I know earlier you talked about like Moby. Yeah. And I think that's a, like, he's a powerhouse producer mm. essentially, mm. you know, everything he touches just yeah. blows up. And, um, I think it's because they took that, like I said, they practice their instrument, they use their tools And they got really proficient at it and it wasn't just it wasn't just that putting two records on and beat matching them
1: yeah there's there's a lot more to it yeah yeah it's um we could spend all day talking about you know (laughs) dj and dj culture it's um but it's certainly done done you know did uh, has been a we say a a core in my life you know um i don't i don't do as much as it of it today but um yeah, from 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 then, you know, the, those late eighties and, and and into the early nineties, it was massive, massive part of my my world. And I actually had a really bad bad accident, skateboarding, and actually that kind of ended my kind of skateboard oh. days at the time. And but yeah,
0: I did the same thing. I um I I absolutely bailed horrifically. Yeah, and broke my leg, and then I was like hang on i've got a choice here i can either play an inch because if it wasn't my leg if it was my hand it would have been like game over for the yeah. the bass or the guitar and i would have had to have like it was a it was a defining moment i guess and i'm i'm getting the same sort of feel from you where it's like i've i got one choice or the other yeah you know i've always been a yeah. very
1: very creative and it's just probably that you like like all musicians are very very creative and 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 skateboarding was an outlet for me of of my creativity, you know, and and, and yeah. that that mind, that thinking mind, that creative mind, and and then you know after that happened, and I couldn't do it as much. It was kind of like, okay, what do I now channel my creativity in? And and it was simply just it was music, and and, and you know that was that was that was it then. And it was a a massive boom in the late eighties and then the early nineties. It's kind of when you know electronic music just exploded, and yeah, yeah. And,
0: um, did you um? Did you perform as a DJ then? Did you do yeah, like live performances? Yes,
1: maybe? I've been I, I've been lucky enough that it took me all over all over the world. So uh, I didn't just DJ. I kind of I started I started DJing, and then in probably ninety one ninety two, I there, there wasn't a lot of electronic events in, down here in the southwest, and I I, I felt. I wanted to start something um, in a specific genre, which was kind of like deep house and progressive house. You know, there was nobody doing right. it. It was all all, all all different other genres, and I started my own event um, company, okay. management company, events promotion company called Natural Rhythm, and cool. that that went for ten years, um, and it, uh, we we attracted and, and showcased. Probably some of the best artists, you know, in in the world. The likes of kind of, you know, Sasha, John Digweed, Dave Seaman, um, the Italians, Americans. I could go on and on and on. But it was it was great because it also opened a lot of doors for me because I was kind of like the, you know, the owner of it all, the manager. Um, yeah. Had a team of probably about eight eight staff working for us, and we were running a lot of events at the time, in not only in Cornwall but in in places in Europe and other places around the country it was a very 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 busy busy 10 years you know of of events and DJing and and, and, like I say it opened a lot of doors for me personally when you're when you're working with those types of artists you know um, you get invited to do other events and I I started then traveling internationally and going on a lot of other other kind of tours for the likes of Ministry of Sound, Renaissance um and so yeah again i could, I could go on as a, a lot of others and, and, and just <laughs> I, I spent most weekends um a couple of weekdays flying out of the country around europe and and, and going as far flung as the states so i just tour the states quite regularly
0: i got a question for that what because i've flown as a musician and it, it is um it's not the easiest thing to do we've got a huge amount of gear like I, I remember flying my amp head, which is this giant thing behind <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. and and a massive bass case and a pedal board. And I think I managed to wangle some of it being hand luggage somehow. Um, what's that like for a DJ? Is, have you got a... Because like, in my brain... A lot easier I'm nowadays. Like, <laughs> um, um, yeah, nowadays you could just take a laptop yeah. and you could probably... They've probably even got a debt. Have they got desks in? You don't in even those have to take a venues? laptop. Obviously, a no, laptop just a, is
1: a common day thing, anyway, isn't it? But you would take, yeah, you would yeah. have a laptop. But nowadays, it's just uh you know, a flat, flash flash drives, yeah, and straight in, yeah, straight yeah. into the into the you know CDJs and and however you want to do it, and you go. Um, unless, of course, you're, you're still you know playing vinyl. Um, it's very rare you find a lot of places doing that although I say that it's coming back big time
0: I think it's coming back really big isn't it like I I, yeah I know a few guys who are like they they were you know mixing on electric desks Mm. and now I I see them with massive vinyl collections yeah you see you see the like vinyl box come back out (laughs) and
1: that's exactly it that's what I used to carry around around the world you know it was a one or sometimes two depending on, on, you know, if it was a tour and you were kind of away for a week, two weeks at a time, you know, it was, um yeah, it was two, then, two boxes and it was hard, you know, it was hard work, but probably not as I was going to say, they're musicians. not light, are they? They're, they're, not, not, they're, they're not light, though. no. And, <laughs> and they're not, they're also quite dangerous after you've had a few drinks as well, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had a, a few sprained
0: ankles in my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they, 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 are they actually that protective as well someone told me that they've got to be like rammed full or they they can still cause a bit of damage to your vinyls
1: the earlier record boxes cuz that's like we could talk about record box technology <laughs> how they developed from really kind of flimsy leather kind of you know yeah. cardboard almost board um up to what I used to take around with. There were metal, literally metal yeah, yeah. cases, you know, like flight cases now with yeah, yeah. rounded corners. And mine's probably still. It's in the background over there in the studio. Yeah,
0: exactly. over
1: over in the corner. Um, and if I picked it up, you'd see it's just got dents or whatever. It's covered in stickers. It's battered. Where it's just been literally out of airplanes and yeah. thrown on conveyor belts and you know yeah, dropped my ba- my base
0: case is exactly the same. yeah it's exactly the same and uh, someone someone said to me they were asking me about a base case the other day actually and they were like oh, i'm gonna get this this plastic one and i was like oh yeah it'll do one flight and they were like no no it's it's that people can stand on it i was like yeah. it doesn't matter they they just seem to be out the flight attendants or in the plane or wherever it happens they seem to have the ability to destroy anything made of plastic They do. it has yeah. to be metal yeah, it's got to it? be absolutely like, it's got to be metal like, and, and, just...
1: and the corners have got to be reinforced as well that's another yeah, good, yeah. another thing yeah definitely
0: um yeah because this flight case up here is like my old one and that got destroyed. That only got destroyed on a little like a small flight to Guernsey. And that was that was gone. The whole that looks all right as it is, but that's because the other side is absolutely ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they they the metal case, definitely the way forward. Definitely. For touring and yeah, yeah travelling, definitely. Is were there any um standout performances during that time? Was there any that like you still think about or that that stick out to you as being like somewhere where you afterwards were like, yeah, that was, that was the one.
1: Ah, oh, there's been so many. Um, so I used to love the American tools, um, uh, playing in, um, universal studios at the groove, which was a, a wow. beautiful kind of nightclub that they, they just built, um, on a, I was a, a, tour in law. where was I, Florida? Yeah. Um, one time that was that was great um there was a lot a few other gigs based around that but I, that was a very memorable uh, it's one of the launch nights and that was actually a re, um i believe that was a renaissance tour yeah um so playing play with dave seaman i used to play another club in russia that was very similar to that i, I used to be a resident there i spent new year's eve the millennium 2000 there and i did three gigs that night and um that was playing for that company one of them uh, most memorable there was I was on top of a skyscraper looking out over Red Square as midnight (laughs) hit yeah DJing in this kind of glass building you know looking out it was amazing that was absolutely amazing Um, I was gonna
0: say that that's gotta be a standout. Like I can it's it's like something from a music video, isn't it? Yeah,
1: but it is totally standout. Every single gig I used to do over there, it's um they would put you in the Sheraton, you know, you'd be on the top floor in the penthouse suites and you know, with with the, with the the spars and all that and yeah, yeah yeah bottles of champagne
0: did you see that David getter did a new video and he was on top of a skyscraper the other day wasn't he yeah yeah I was I was like how do you get all the gear up there I I I pity the like roadie who had to carry everything up there just for probably one song yeah. he probably didn't even do more than one take and then <laughs> had to lug like, it all back downstairs so it's gotta be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's an elevator. Hats. I'm sure there's an elevator, but
1: hats off to all the all the crews out there. Totally.
0: Oh yeah, man. I I do feel for the crews. Yeah, at the minute, You know, yeah. like because I I do think they're getting a bit of a raw deal with the old coronavirus. Absolutely. But, um, but they'll be back this summer. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, be doing, yeah. Doing it'll be good. The business.
1: We'll all be back. Yeah. 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 It'll be great. Yeah. 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 Have you got any? Are
0: you gigging this summer?
1: I got a couple things lined up. Yeah. I'm just um. I'm still a bit kind of dubious about things, you know. Just I still worry yeah. about. Um, I, I want to put on a couple of more events, and I've. Um, I, I, I actually really want to wait until next next year, you know, and let this year yeah, yeah. just settle down a little bit more before I kind of get back out of there properly doing any anything like that. I'm not that I, I, I do loads anymore, but yeah, it's um. I like to do a few uh, over a year. Yeah, put a couple yeah. of events.
0: You've moved on from the DJ mm. now, though. and um, what what is it that you enjoy doing in the musical world now what's your like your current um... so so i obviously i got the bug for
1: for making music during that that you know 10 year period of, of events and, and and the story i've just kind of told really and i wanted to it was okay I, I play music i kind of listen intently i know how to sequence it and i i want to start to make it and I was, yeah. you know, I, I ended up starting to go into a lot of recording studios with a lot of big artists because you know through the through the, the, events and associating yourself with a lot of big artists, you know, we yeah, yeah. I I get invites into recording studios and I used to go along and stand in the background and and, and watch how everything worked and I learned that way, you know, um, you know, position now as a lecturer, I, there wasn't that many courses around in the early nineties and you know mid nineties. In specifically in music production and you know, sound engineering etc you know there was a lot of music courses should we say you know um, yeah. but there wasn't... was it
0: really um was it really sample based at that point as well still so
1: and uh, no the synthesizers were absolutely key to key to a lot of it um and, okay. and the external effects processing were, were you know was was key to a lot of music making um to be honest with you the sample based stuff the sample libraries etc is what's just blown up in the last 10 years to be honest. Uh, yeah, because you know, it's I kind think... of
0: where it's it's where it all started, though, didn't it? it yeah, it kind of all started with like cutting in samples and then like yeah. with the hip hop thing. Oh, I see, I see that Yeah, and then, oh, right. and yeah. The, and then yeah. like it it obviously has gone like full circle. You yeah. come back to being, but it's it's even more extreme now, isn't yeah. it? Like you know, people are cutting samples of one guitar strike and sequencing that into a drum breaks. A full song. Drum breaks yeah, is what yeah. we used to
1: kind of do a lot of. You know, was and then cutting up drums, etc. Uh, and then the rest of the music was generally, you know, kind of playing synths and and and, and using effects. Um, but certainly, drums were a key key element. And yeah, um, some musical elements. But you know, a lot of the, the production then was a lot of drum based um, sampling and and. and Sequencing, reprogramming. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, that's that's really kind of where I got the production bug and I just spent several years just kind of learning that and then bought myself uh, a PC. <laughs> <laughs> um, around. The, well, I had a PC, but I kind of just... Um, I had one of the first versions of Cubase VST around that time. I played about with oh, some yeah. Ataris, Cubase on Ataris, in the early 90s. And learned 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 Cubase. So I started on Cubase, and, and then you know, the VST version came out, and got really really stuck into that. And then I started working. Was that
0: in... like um Was that like early 2000s? Yeah. Late, uh, no, late no
1: no 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 no. Yeah no. In no, the mid mid nineties, probably probably about ninety four now, ninety five. Right. Um. Okay. Around those times, if I if I remember right, and and yeah, I just I just put my. Head straight into production and started buying gear left, right, centre. Started buying <laughs> uh, and building up what you see in the in the background here now. You know, just just you got a place full of you know, gear and synthesizers and everything. I think else. you need
0: that for production, though, don't you? Because you need like um, sometimes a bit of inspiration and sometimes just plugging in something new can yeah. give you that little bit of inspiration. Or not even new, something that you haven't used for a while can just give you that little bit of inspiration and then. Band, it's funny you comes just, out of it. funny
1: you should say that because i've kind of uh, in recent years just only got stuck in the box you would say you know using a lot of software yeah, yeah. software based um instruments etc and and I, i've totally redesigned this at the end of last year the studio here because I, I i kind of wanted to do a lot more different routing and get back into a lot more of my analog gear and um that's it's actually kind of been a really good new uh, discovering a lot of my analog gear again discovering a lot of synths that were just leaning up against the wall you know and not plugged in and
0: i think in the um even in the box they've um they've tried to make it more as though it is analog now haven't they you know like yeah you go into a synth program and you you're connecting wires and you're you're running all of the essentially running a analog synth but digitally yes and it's why they sound so good now you know compared to early vst instruments they're
1: very 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 close to um yeah. to the real analog um yeah the emulations now are just very very clever on su- some of the high-end stuff yeah and also no, you've yeah. got the sample libraries now which are you know uh, i use kind of native instruments contact is a, a, a you know one of my firm favorites and uh, the libraries i've got in there just of Orchestras, uh, as you know, and and real instruments that are, yeah. and the expression, the articulations are just amazing. Now, you know, it's almost like having you know, the London Symphony Orchestra at your fingertips on a on a keyboard. Have
0: you have you got that plug-in, the London Symphony Orchestra? Yeah, on? yeah. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was, I saw that the other day, and was um, I was quite keen. I might, I might pick that one up. That I don't know sense. how often I use it, but it look, it sounds great. It sounds mm, absolutely yeah, great. Beautiful,
1: amazing. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So that that kind of pulled you into the music production world. Yeah. Then. So and yeah, that
1: pulled me into the music production world, and and then I just, just 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 being in the industry and work, working around people, you know, you get to meet a lot of people as, you know, going up and down the country and uh, going into other studios, working with other people, and you just get introduced to a lot of, a lot of produ- other producers and a lot of should we say also publishers, and and the next minute right, I yeah. find myself kind of working for. Um, a publishing company that was was synchronising music and and supplying music for, for TV adverts and right and, and libraries and and shows around the world and and I just I I got asked you, do you fancy kind of writing some music for this and you know do you want to jump on board onto the onto our publishing roster and and, and, and write music for some for for, li- for library stuff and but also for specific shows and. Uh, and um, uh, and yeah, I got into that and s- spent a good ten years, you know, um, <laughs> solidly writing um, a lot of music day in day out for um, for for TV and also for library. Yeah, um,
0: was that still kind of aimed at the like house thing that you were doing no, before? Or have no. you moved quite far away from that now? I, 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 no,
1: I still kind of I still write bits and pieces of house music. I'm very uh, quite open minded to music because of the background. Right. And I've, you know, studying and, and analyzing music. You know, I can, I could, I think, I've, I've got a, a rather good skill over the years. We're talking a lot of years now of, of kind of just listening <laughs> to a piece of music and and deconstructing it and, and going, okay, I know how that's built. I know those those elements. And uh, so I used to get a lot of specs. The spec would fall in front of you and say, "Can you write?" This hip hop track. Can you do like a, a Motown this this in a Motown vibe, for example, Motown yeah, yeah. soul vibe? Um, yeah, I just listen to some music and start to kind of write and program, you know, in, in that way. That, and,
0: that's a massive um, production skill, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's know, it. That, that listening skill. Yeah, you know, like you often find really good mixers are excellent at listening to tracks, and yeah. you know they they can tell you every instrument that's going on and you know some of them might not know what that is happening musically yeah. but that kind of doesn't matter because they know what it should sound like yeah. and and in the end that's the key yeah. the key part of the equation really isn't it you Yeah.
1: Know? my my ears are just um yeah uh, I just I don't know that is probably one of my biggest skills is is that listening and then recreation ability on yeah yeah on yeah. that one of my best attributes to be honest yeah
0: I think that's a general pop skill as well. You know, like pop musicians, mm. very ear-based. And and if you've got a strong enough ear, you've got a strong enough background. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it does all the work for you. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of at present day now. You're doing a course for the music service about kind of production within different doors and mm. different programs. Yeah. Uh, and you've been teaching for quite a long time because earlier on you said about there not being any teaching courses, about. yeah, and and you kind of. what well, what point did you start moving into that teaching world? Then
1: I fell into it by accident. I was okay. it, around the mid mid two thousands. Uh, I had uh, a studio in New Key. I signed to a couple of big labels, um, so I was I was kind of I had another production partnership. Uh, we were signed to a couple of big labels. We were writing music on a on a regular basis, uh, electronic music, and releasing it worldwide. And still doing a lot of touring at that uh, at that point as well. Um, and it, you know, music was a full time job. Uh, music production was a full time job. And I was also opening the studio commercially. It was quite a big studio. I had, it was a lot bigger than this. It had a live room as well then. Um yeah. and uh, yeah I was doing a lot of a lot of commercial work, anything that came in the door, basically you know, be it karaoke work or you know bands coming in and, and recording and uh, that and and um I had this um young lady who who uh was was signed who was regularly kind of a singer coming in and and she'd like to make a karaoke demo, so she used to go do a lot of live you know right, performances right. on a regular basis and she came in she said would you you know be able to teach me on a one to one basis I got some time to do it I could I could possibly do it Um and um, she said but that would be great because I've also signed up to this kind of adult education course um, right
0: right
1: you know a uh, 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 recreational music production course run by I think one of the producers used to work with Root Juice do you remember Root Juice the Cornwall yeah yeah yeah, yeah the band yeah um, I remember and um, she was like, really quite excited about it. I gave her a few little sessions as well. And, and um, she came in the studio one day, and she, she was quite upset, and I was, oh, what's up? you know?" And she was, "Oh, they've canceled the course I'm gutted." And I said, "Well, well why, why have they know. canceled it?" And she, you know, she, she said, "Oh the, the, the guy who was going to run it, this guy from Root Juice, has disappeared and, and gone on to do uh, gone over to New York. Right. She goes, well, why why don't you do it? You know, and I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I, I've, I've never taught any, not, never taught before, um, I'm not really comfortable around teaching quite a lot of people at once, <laughs> and I got, so funny, I got my arm twisted. I got my arm twisted, and um, I ended up going down and having a meeting with like the principal of the Aloe Education Centre at the time, and they were like, Look, do it, you know, see how it goes, and and that it. I, I loved it um you know yeah. I, I, and uh, and from there i just kind of i built built courses and then went on to do get yeah, to get educated as a as a teacher so i did a diploma then i did a degree and um the uh, teaching and 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 it was quite quite interesting how it happened because electronic music and and, and record sales and uh, were were di- taking a big dive at the time you know and yeah. um, it was almost like it was supposed to happen it's kind of crossover you know that yeah. there was a, i mean
0: that's probably like the that's got to be like the kind of when indie rock was massive like you know in rock music kind yeah. of made a little bit of a comeback at that sort of time it's, a, it, it's actually
1: where where digital made the big rise uh, right, and okay, monetary yeah. everything started to devalue you know everything started right, to become right, really yeah. you know i had a record shop at the time as well uh, uh, at that, that at that time in Newquay, which was you know that yeah. that that took a real big hit because
0: yeah and i think that's why rock actually managed to sustain because it was more to do with live gigs than yeah. the record sales like the record sales were to please the yeah the studio yeah. or yeah. the you know the distributor or whatever it might be but the the bands were making money yeah going that's out me. and gigging yeah yeah, yeah. and um, but yeah so you you kind of you Fell yeah into teaching a bit. and i
1: just just fell into teaching and and um i started to run some courses level two low level stuff you know low level stuff for, for adult education um which i still do to this day believe it or not <laughs> um and then i got, i kind of got um headhunted for for dbs music um which right, are, yeah. uh, you know got a big company education company that partner up with a lot of colleges and universities. Around the country, and I've worked for them. I worked for them for about eight years until till last year. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I became a course course manager, taught on their HE programs, their their diplomas, level three diplomas, and yeah, great time. Met a lot of great people and uh, and worked in a lot of great studios as well, and you know, developed me as as a as a as a, as a producer and a teacher. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and that's kind of where I've where I've got to and. Uh, and last year I just walked, uh, walked away from that and I've gone back to setting up on my own and, and doing a lot of this this um, independent work again so I'm kind of doing a... Not that it ever stops because I am still making music yeah. and I was still selling music while I was you know doing the teaching as well, you know? Um, yeah, yeah none, that's none the beauty of it, none, of it, isn't it? Well, none of it ever stopped, yeah, and that was the great thing about... Um, you know, Dbs Music is, is that every single lecturer was still active, very much active in the industry, and I think, I think if we are all still active in the industry, students benefit from that. You know, yeah. um, I think that's a great thing about music education is if you are really active in the industry, those students are going to get a lot from that because they've got you. You can answer their questions. You know. Um,
0: yeah, and you and you're a solid you're a solid contact for them as well, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, like like I know lots of my students that i taught probably coming on 10 years ago now surprisingly it's gotten to that point and um, and and you know when i when i've got a gig and i need a depth i know that my students are good enough so i will call up some of my ex-students and be like oh could you come and cover this or can you do that because you know it's that thing where if you know someone that well yeah you're gonna you're gonna know exactly what they're gonna do, right? And and that's always great when you're looking for new contacts in the industry.
1: I've also lo- you- I've also loved opening up the doors for a lot of them as well. You know, opening yeah, up yeah. a lot of doors for them, and that's and that for me, that's that's what teaching is all about. You know, as music teaching, I I just you get to a point where you know what's it all about, and I I really like. Passing on the skills that I and the experience that I've learned over, you know, a thirty-year career um, to to youngsters, you know, and and, yeah. and people just starting out, you know. And I'm doing a few mentoring yep. pro- programs as well outside of you know this other stuff we're doing with Music EEL at the moment. Um, and that's that's great. I really love a lot of that. You know, um, that's great. Really, it? I love it. I yeah.
0: think it, I think teaching is just an amazing thing to pass on absolutely and i think it's almost more to do with inspiration than anything else Mm -hmm. and you know getting getting kids wanting to play music is just it's great have you have you got any tips that you always tell all any of your students have you got anything that like you always come back to and and it seems to crop up all the time when you're talking to your students
1: passion you've got to be passionate about it and that's it you know you've there's no point in putting half an effort into something you know i think you've yeah, got yeah. you've got and that's one of my the things i've always um found throughout my my life really is that if you don't put a lot of work in you're not going to get a lot out of it and that was true with skateboarding you know i would and you probably know exactly the same you know i'd spend hours yeah. upon hours upon hours upon hours trying to perfect a trick falling down getting back up falling down getting back up and that's a big life lesson there um but in itself yeah just in itself yeah um but you you know just just be just practice and be passionate about it um it's gotta feel right and natural you know yeah yeah that's really that's the first thing because if you've got passion about what you do then everything else for me will just fall in place
0: yeah and i and i kind of think that Going back to what we just said as well, like our job is to inspire, mm. and and ultimately, if we're doing a good job, then it it shouldn't be hard, hard. for them to be no. passionate. No. <laughs> exactly, like they they should be passionate because you know yeah. that's that's the great thing about about learning, I guess, in a way.
1: I get excited yeah. even today, you know, just just teaching, and some students that I teach are just you just absolutely love this side, don't you? And I'm like, well, yeah you know yeah, we, of course you know and they can see that you know and yeah. you're very kind of passionate about that you know when you talk about certain subjects yeah. and they're like wow <laughs> you know he's very passionate I, think, I think
0: that's a I think that's the thing with um teachers in general but we we're, we're lucky that we get to teach the subject we love yeah. do you know what I mean like whereas when you're a general music teacher say you may not have that same passion for every single sector of the, um, the, you know, the curriculum, but the great thing about, and I especially think, I think for music EL is that each of the teachers is passionate about their one little bit. Yeah. exactly. So, you know, I don't need to be passionate about double bass because I'm really bad at it. And I don't, I don't need to, I haven't got that passion there, but, there are other people who do have that passion for double bass and they can fill in that chunk for someone else who has that passion as well. And so we don't have to be as disingenuous, if you like. We can just focus on the bit we really love doing. And I I think it's a, it's a cool thing about being a music teacher, peripatetic, rather than in that classroom environment. And I think probably the same way you were teaching production, you know, really honed in... On one sector of the bit that you love, yeah, you, it's hard not to be passionate about it. Then
1: it's absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it it's it's amazing. It's an amazing subject. It's never it's never ending as well, you know, because it is is technology um, and technology. I think technology has driven music ahead over the years, you know, and it's really massively broken the broken boundaries. And I say to students, look, you can do anything with the sound. If, as long as you've got an, a, a really good imagination and you're, you you be, uh, could be be imaginative you know um yeah. and and use and be creative and just just be just have fun that's a yeah. great thing you know experiment and I, I think, experiment and that's a great thing as well you know
0: yeah and i think that goes back to, as well to the um you know we were saying about i said about the samples coming back in now you can really see that people are taking that sample to the absolute end of the earth to yeah. get what they hear and what they want to produce. Yeah. They're they're just making things that I don't know, if you heard the original song, you could never imagine what they've produced. Yeah. And I think that's technology, you know, it's giving it to them in their hands.
1: It is. And, you know, yeah. happy accidents as well. You know, it's yeah. I I I see them some days just playing and rooting um, sounds and and then oh wow that's pretty cool that's just happened there and okay I'll just resample that and use that and, <laughs> and then make an instrument out of that you know with a, a you know sample instrument out of that you know recording and yeah and then 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 you know manipulate that again and that's that's the whole that's what I love about you know music technology and music production it's um it's it's infinite kind of limitless In, infinite yeah, yeah. infinite. You know what you yeah. what you can actually do and what you can achieve
0: so um, we'll, we'll kind of do a bit of a roundabout and end up sort of where we began and instead of looking at music right back when you started when you um, listening to your grandparents records in the front room what what role does music play in your life now that you're an adult it is my life <laughs> that's the perfect answer <laughs> <laughs> without it I just
1: I just don't see myself being doing anything else um, you know it is it is my life you know I've earned, I'm lucky enough to make a living out of it and turn it into a job um, yeah you know and, and I think it's again it's something I say to uh, following on the passion thing you know if you you're passionate, find what you love to do and try and turn that into a job because there's nothing better. And you said it; I think you said it earlier that you know it's yeah. do- it then doesn't feel like a job. You know, no. um, yes, there are days where you feel kind of stressed and pressured to, you know, pressure for deadlines and things are happening. But you know, it's um, it's still it's still an enjoyment. And and I, I I do yeah. I don't I I don't think I could live without it. I certainly couldn't. It, it makes me happy. Um, listening to music still very much makes me happy. Just sitting back and listening to music. Um,
0: what are you um, what are you listening to at the minute? What's on
1: just... rotation? There's, gotta, at, be, there's at, gotta be there's gotta be something. I've that's... started diving back into a lot of old eighties music again. Actually, Oh, really. Yeah, I've been um, I just just um, been listening in the last week to OMD again. Yeah. O- yeah, orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Do you remember them?
0: Uh, no. Well, I w- I'm gonna. I'm gonna level you, Sai. Right. I was born in '88, uh, so that the '80s are a bit of a blur to me. In that, I wasn't actually technically there. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, what are they like? What sort of what sort of group are they? Uh,
1: kind of, kind of like synth pop. Think, um, kind of. Uh, they were heavily influenced by craft work Let's put it that right, way. Right. Okay. Right, yeah. um, and if you think along the lines of kind of the the 80s bands like Depeche Mode and you know, yeah. um, around those lines. Um,
0: okay, OMD. Yeah. What's the album?
1: There's lots, there's several albums. <laughs> what,
0: what's what's the what's the one that you um recommend? I'm
1: listening to the collection again at the moment, actually, which is oh, uh, like a which, discography. Yeah, collection. yeah, which is, is great instead of going through all the albums, but yeah, it's just I just I'm just listening to bit of 80s music at the moment. I I'm um, I'm I'm very I've got a very open mind to music, you know. I like to um I like to listen to to a lot of a new and old, but you know, it's um I like to listen to a lot of classical I, I, in the car. I love, you know, I let li- I've yeah. six music on all all most of the time because I'm kind of I like all that different mixed uh, genres. Yeah. Um, I like to hear that on a, on our a radio. Um, some days I'll just switch classic FM on, you know, and in, yeah. the, in the car driving, I quite like that. You know,
0: it's um, I, I kind of think it's funny in that, like, um, music never really changes. No, it it changes styles, it changes genres, but the like core of what music is is always there. You know, yeah. like, you know, it's a story about a girl, or it's a story about a boy, and it's you know, or it's about love or loss uh yeah. like there's 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 only so many real like um categories that music sits in yeah. and they've all got a story you know even those classical songs they were thinking about something mm. they it, they didn't just write a piece and go mm. well that one's done <laughs> onto the next classical piece there's there's inspiration kind of everywhere and I, and I think it it ties through all different genres of music and if you can see that you can listen to anything. Yeah, Most, okay.
1: emotion's a big thing for me. I just uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, how how music can make you feel. Uh, I just yeah, that's huge.
0: And I and I hundred percent think that's what that's what it is really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's all about bending emotions yeah. and showing your emotions. Yeah, and
1: it's music can make you feel sad. Music can make you feel happy. It's just every well, we could just go into all the emotions, and that's that's, <laughs> that's what it's about. And that's. You know, you take away music, and what what is life? You know, is that saying, isn't there? Life would be yeah. flat. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but you know, it's um, it's yeah, it's a, uh, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I've kind of, yeah, built a life out of it. And I, will be doing it to the day I die. Absolutely. You know, I'll be, I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting in my studio, you know, withering away. <laughs> you know, and I'll, pro- I'll probably rot here.
0: Rot, rot, just get buried underneath your synthesizers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put one in the box Ta- with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I can, <laughs> I can see a similar. I've, I've got a guitar that I've used for like, uh, I think sixteen years now, and you know that's going with me. Yeah, there's nowhere uh, else it, that's going.
1: The Egyptians it, believe if you put it into the uh, into the crypt, you know, and, and, and yeah, you'd take it with you in the afterlife.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going with me. It's going. with me. <laughs> Cool. Well, I hope the listener has gained a bit of inspiration from this podcast Mm. and goes out and not grabs their instrument like normal, but goes out and maybe cracks into a door and starts having a go and producing some music themselves digitally or analogically. doesn't really matter, but I hope you're inspired and want to go out and make some music. And remember, every pathway leads to a goal eventually. So why not take them all? Until next time, bye. See
1: you everyone, bye.